the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Thursday, December 10th. Want to do something a little bit different on today's podcast. Now, hopefully, all of you listeners have noticed and enjoyed the fact that we here at Crack Rackets have fully shifted into off-season coverage mode. We want to get all of you listeners, all of us fans, prepared for the 2021 ATP and WTA seasons because there are so many questions entering 2021. Of course, when is the season going to begin? Where is it going to begin? What is it going to look like? Will there be 250 events? Will there be a South American clay swing? What about the challenger future levels? How are they going to be affected by the shifting calendars on the ATP and WTA Tour? Of course, these are things we have covered on this podcast and on all of our Crack Rackets shows. If you have missed any of that coverage, be sure to go check out the website, CrackRackets.com. And of course, we will continue to provide more details on those storylines as we continue to learn more over the next few few weeks, but you know there are so many other great things going on right now in the tennis world that we can shine a light on this offseason. Of course, in the college tennis realm, we had an ITA kickoff weekend draft this week, both the men and the women in the D1s game deciding what that kickoff weekend is going to look like. Of course, Matt Stachowiak, Chris Halioris, and I broke all of that down on Tuesday's, I think, mini break. If you missed any of that, be sure to go check that out. And of course, we are continuing our college contender series today. If you have missed any of our coverage of our top 11 teams heading into the 2021 season. You can find all of it on the website, CrackedRackets.com. Today, we discuss TCU, and of course, that means Chris Halliors and I sit down with TCU head coach David Roditi. Matt Stachowiak joins Chris and I on the Great Shot podcast to offer our extended thoughts on TCU heading into the 2021 season. And of course, Matt wrote a little bit about TCU for the website as well. So if you want to check any of that out, as well as our coverage of our the other teams we've discussed so far, Georgia, Michigan, Florida, Stanford, Texas A&M. You can find all of that again on the website, CrackRackets.com. Of course, here on this podcast yesterday, we continued one of our newest series, our Next Gen ATP 2.0 series, breaking down the next generation of young talent rising their way up the ATP tours. And that's crazy to say, right? Because it's not like guys like Medvedev, Tsitsipas, Zverev. They're not old yet. They're all still under the age of 25, but it's all also undeniable that the generational shift we're seeing happen on the ATP Tour extends to players even younger than them. A new group of 18 to 21-year-olds, guys like Musetti, Davidovich Fokina, Alcaraz, and Rodionov, and Rusevori, they're all finding success now at the challenger and pro levels. And so, of course, we want to talk about that this offseason. David and I yesterday talking about Lorenzo Musetti and the first episode we talked about Alejandro Davidovich Fokina. We also wrote about both of them for our website, CrackedRackets.com. If you missed any of that, you can find all of it on the website again, uh, and you can. we will continue uh, to update the next-gen ATP. We have an intro page where as we add a new player to the series, uh, you can find the link on that intro page. And speaking of that, that is the theme of today's episode. I wrote an introduction for the Next Gen ATP 2.0 series because I wanted to talk a little bit about why I think it's time to no longer discuss the Zverev, Medvedev, Tsitsipas cohort as the Next Gen ATP. And of course, it's more of a branding thing than anything else, right? They're going to be the Next Gen crew because they played in that inaugural Next Gen finals because this is the group we have all been wondering and all been circling as the group that perhaps could replace the big three, supplant them after 
at the top of the men's game, and we've all been wondering for 15 years, can anyone supplant these guys? It looks more and more like this is going to be the group that does that, and you know, again, that is what I want to talk about on today's show. I want to read my introduction for our Next Gen 2.0 series. I think all of you listeners are going to enjoy it. I talk a little bit about what the Next Gen has accomplished during this 2020 season, how the rankings have shifted across the board over these past five years since the end of the 2015 season and why that shift indicates that it's time for the next-gen ATP to be considered the now-gen ATP. Of course, before I get to that, just want to remind all of you listeners quickly, look good, feel good, play good, Midwest Sports, Aerobar, Cracked Rackets. Without our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, seriously, we would not be able to provide the sort of coverage we can day in, day out, the way you can support them. Go to MidwestSports.com, use that promo code CR15, go to Aerobar.com, use that promo code CRACK30. All right, with that in mind, let's get to my next-gen ATP 2.0 intro. For ATP players, coaches, and fans, 2020 was unequivocally a year of disruption. The season featured an unprecedented global pandemic, tennis in a bubble, the formation and maybe deconstruction of the PTPA, changes to the ranking system, event cancellations, a new marketing campaign, line judges getting hit in their throats, way too many Twitter debates about best of three versus best of five at the slams, and countless other developments that altered the normal course of events. However, perhaps the most relevant and least noticed disruption of the past year in pro tennis was the generational shift that occurred within the ATP rankings. Don't believe me? Here are just some of the things next-gen ATP players, plus Dominic team, accomplished to upend the status quo during the 2020 season. The hegemony of the big three at the slams was finally upended by Dominic Team's U.S. Open title. For the third straight year, a next-gen ATP player won the ATP Tour Finals. Andre Rublev tied Novak Djokovic as the 2020 ATP Tour wins leaders. Guys like Carlos Alcaraz, Lorenzo Musetti, and countless other talented youngsters did all sorts of late-season damage at both the ATP and challenger levels. At the 2020 U.S. Open, six of the eight men singles quarterfinalists were part of the initial next-gen ATP campaign. Five next-gen ATP players ended the 2020 season ranked inside the ATP Top 10. And of the 32 ATP tournaments played in 2020, 19 were won by players that could be considered part of the next-gen ATP generation. For those of you who may not recall, let's take a quick stroll down ATP memory lane. After a generation of promising young ATP talents, Dimitrov, Rayanich, Nishikori, Chilich, Sok, and more, all failed to either connect with the broader tennis community or achieve the same level of on-court success as their infamous predecessors, the mid-2010s ATP Tour faced a partial identity crisis. Yes, players like Federer, Nadal, and Djokovic could continue to carry the torch for the next few seasons, 
However, what would happen to men's tennis after the big three retired? After featuring arguably the three best men's tennis players of all time at once and reaping the financial benefits of that fact, would the sport possess enough star power to remain a viable, appealing, multi-million dollar generating global venture after their departure? To begin to rectify the situation, the ATP Tour launched the Next Generation campaign in March of 2016. Their effort focused on highlighting and raising the profiles of the many rising young stars in the men's game. Former top juniors like Alex Zverev, Borna Cioric, Nick Kyrgios, Andre Rublev, and others were touted as the game's next great champions and elevated to the forefront of multiple ATP marketing and social media campaigns. As part of the launch, the next-gen ATP year-end championships were also formed to celebrate and showcase each of these young talents. After initial stumbles out of the block, and gosh, do I miss the simpler times of Modelgate, both the 2017 and 18 champions, Hyun Chung and Stefano Tsitsipas, immediately reached Australian Open semifinals following their next-gen ATP finals victories. In 2019, a then 18-year-old Yannick Sinner became the tournament's youngest champion. One year later, Sinner resides inside the top 40 of the ATP rankings. Has the next-gen ATP campaign produced a big three Serena-quality star in men's tennis? Probably not yet. However, though no player in this generation has won a Grand Slam title, the next-gen ATP group has collectively wrestled further control of the tour with each passing season. Let's look at the facts. As I mentioned above, 19 of the 32 ATP events played during the 2020 season were won by a player that could be categorized as part of the next-gen ATP cohort. Zverev, Tsitsipas, and Medvedev have won the last three ATP Tour finals. Three different guys, Zverev, Medvedev, Hachinov, have already captured Masters 1000 titles, and at the 2020 U.S. Open, five of the eight quarterfinalists were former next-gen ATP finals participants. While no member of the group has won a slam, both Medvedev and Zverev have reached a major final, and five different players, Medvedev, Zverev, Tsitsipas, Chung, and Berrettini, have made a slam semifinal. Additionally, 12 next-gen ATP players now have at least one slam quarterfinal appearance on their resumes. Those players are Medvedev, Zverev, Tsitsipas, Rublev, Berrettini, Shapovalov, Hachinov, Chorich, Sinner, Demonauer, Chung, and Tiafo. A deep dive into the ATP rankings reveal to an even further extent the success of the next-gen ATP generation. At the end of the 2020 season, 14 players under the age of 25 sat inside the top 30 of the ATP rankings, by far the highest number to end a season since 2009, when 13 guys did it. By the way, some of the under-25 guys that ended 2009 inside the top 30, players by the name of Djokovic, Nadal, Murray, Del Potro, Songa, Monfils, Chilich, Burdich, and Wawrinka. 
That's a ridiculously loaded group, and it would be completely unreasonable to expect the next geners to accomplish similar achievements. However, that is some awfully nice company to share. Since the end of the 2015 season, the number of players both under the age of 25 and ranked inside the top 10 has increased from 0 to 5. Over that same time span, the number of under 25 players inside the top 30 has risen from 7 to 14, inside the top 50 from 9 to 19, inside the top 100 from 21 to 28, and inside the top 200 from 53 to 62. Beyond the numbers and results, there is also a non-quantifiable, anecdotal aspect of the next-gen ATP generation's takeover of the men's game. As someone who was born in 1995, started podcasting about tennis in 2017, and considers himself a next-gen tennis journalist, the next-gen ATP generation is the group of players that I, and so many in my generation, most identify with because they speak our language. There's a reason why, whenever Tsitsipas releases a vlog, Kyrgios tweets out something provocative, or Taylor Fritz Instagram lives himself smacking another opponent at FIFA, thousands of young tennis fans flock to their post. There's also a reason why those guys continue to draw center courts and big crowds at events. Personality matters. Charisma matters. Various next-gen ATP players are constantly, perhaps sometimes to their own detriment, putting themselves in front of the public, providing personal access that tennis fans demand from their modern-day athletes. And while there are certainly exceptions from the older generation of players, Monfils and Murray on Twitch, the shirtless Wawrinka, the occasional Federer, Dimitrov, Haas boy band impression, social media has undeniably changed the way fans consume the tennis world. And the next-gen ATP guys have, in my opinion, done a far better job of adapting to that demand than their predecessors. I have also undeniably observed a shift in the Overton window of men's tennis dialogue. While conversations over GOAT status and Big 3 longevity, the latest off-court scandal, the future of the tour both on and off the court, and petty fan turf wars still persist, so much of today's ATP tour conversations are seemingly dominated by next-gen ATP discourse. Medvedev, Tsitsipas, or Zverev debates, conversations over the relevance of FAA's poor results in tour finals, the upside of Brandon Nakashima, and so many other next-gen ATP-centric stories are just as likely to garner passionate responses on Twitter as any other topic and have become central features of the day-in, day-out discussions within the sport. It is a testament to the success of the next-gen ATP campaign that so many of these players, Tsitsipas, Medvedev, Rublev, and others, have already become household names and bona fide superstars within the tennis community. However, when considering the broader generation as a whole, it is also impossible to not think of the countless other young talents currently ascending towards the top of the ATP rankings. It is the success of these lesser-touted players, guys like the Canadians, Americans, Demonauer, Kasper Ruud, Christian Guerin, Hubi Hercot, Sasha Bublik, and so many more that add needed depth to the class and have rendered the phrase, next-gen ATP, a relic of the past. 
these players are no longer jockeying for future glory, grinding it out on the ATP Challenger Tour, nor seeking to sniff a shot at the top guys. They are no longer seen as the unexpected guests at second weeks of slams. They expect to qualify for every ATP-level event, be seated at the slams, and seek to win titles, not simply matches, every time they step out on the court. They are no longer the next generation of ATP stars. The 96s, 97s, and 98s have proven that they are here to stay, that they are ready to win titles, and it is only a matter of when, not if, the first member of the group will capture an illustrious Grand Slam crown. They are the now generation, and it is their time to shine. While the Medvedevs of the world have firmly established their places in the tennis hierarchy and received plenty of analysis, praise, and criticism for their performances, fellow young stars like Lorenzo Musetti, Brandon Nakashima, Alejandro Davidovich Fokina, and so many more have also disrupted the status quo in 2020. Their collective successes at both the Challenger and ATP levels has captured the attention of hardcore tennis followers further displayed the generational shift occurring in the men's game and seemingly indicate a group that is firmly on the rise. With that in mind, and with the 2020 offseason now officially upon us, our Crack Rackets team believes now is the perfect time to once again take a step back and look at some of the next generation of young ATP stars currently working their way towards the top of the ATP rankings. In a series we're calling the Next Gen ATP 2.0, Crack Rackets contributor David Gertler and I will break down some of the players that we believe will be amongst the next group of young men to break through the ATP Tour rankings. Here's what to expect. Each Wednesday, David and I will discuss a different under-21 player on the Mini Break podcast and write about that player for our website, CrackRackets.com. We will analyze the strengths and weaknesses of each player's game, talk about their junior and pro results, discuss what those results indicate about each player's future, offer pro comparison based on players' game styles and physical traits, and project how we see each of their careers playing out. We will also examine and offer details about each player's background, game style, social media profile, offer a few predictions of how we see their 2021 season playing out, and so much more. As always, be sure to check back here each week for the latest edition of the series and feel encouraged to let us know why you agree or disagree. Hope all of you listeners enjoyed that introduction. Again, David Gertler and I will be back here on this mini break podcast every Wednesday, breaking down a different player. Thus far, we've talked about Davidovich Fokina and Lorenzo Musetti. We just recorded two more on Yuri Rodionov, Emil Rusevoris, and I know uh, you listeners are going to enjoy those as well. So be on the lookout for all of that. And again, to read more about each of these players, check out our website, uh, crackrackets.com. Of course, again, we've got so many things going on in our Cracked Rackets universe. If you have missed any of that content you can find it all on the website as well as on our social media pages twitter instagram facebook youtube we are at cracked rackets you want to message me directly i am at great shot pod shout out as always to our super producers max fligner and daniel westoff for the 
of an editing job they do day in, day out. Shout out as well to our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar. Go to MidwestSports.com. Use the promo code CR15. Go to Aerobar.com. Use that promo code CRACKED15. One last thing, and I know sneaking in a personal announcement. It's not like he's going to be listening to this podcast, but on the off chance he does, and just to prove to my mom that I am a good brother, happy birthday to my eldest brother, Eric. Uh, I hope all of you out there have a role model, a nincompoop, uh, someone who kicks you in the derriere the way he does for me because it makes me a far better person. And again, when you're dreaming up your ideal older brother, I promise all of you, Eric Gruskin is the sort of older brother you want in your life. So E, I love you. You're not going to listen to this, but happy birthday, my friend. And with that in mind, for our wonderful super producers, Max West Off, our friends at Midwest Sports and Aerobar, and all of us here at both Crack Records and the National Podcast Network, I'm your host, Alex Gruskin. You know what we say. That's the break, and we will see you all tomorrow. Thanks, everyone.